our Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me do this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they've faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they for girls of my age. Today my guest is Caroline Noakes, MP for Romsey and Southampton North. Caroline has sat on several committees and is currently the chair of the Women and Equality Select Committee. Thanks for joining me today, Caroline. Can we start by you telling us why you chose a career in politics and how you started out on that career? Hi, Grace, and thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. I'm never sure whether I can honestly say that I chose a career in politics or whether it chose me. Um, So I uh, and I always tell people the the honest truth on this. I was busy failing A-level economics when my dad said to me, look, if you want to go to university, you need three A-levels. So why don't you pick up politics as an evening course taught by him, uh, which I'm not sure that's ever ideal. And I I did an A-level in government and politics. I found it interesting. I found it quite easy. I don't know that I should ever confess to that. And so that was that was what first sort of got me interested in politics. I went off and did it at university, not not because I had any great burning political ambition, but because I found it easy and interesting. And um, and I sort of fell into standing for elected office. I was asked to be a paper candidate in a local government election uh, and won and found myself a councillor. And not long after that, so only two years after that, I first stood in the 2001 general election uh, and eventually was elected as the MP for Romsey and Southampton North in 2010. So it took, you know, best part of 10 years to go that distance from being a local councillor to actually getting elected to Parliament. Would you say it's worth it, though? Oh, gosh, yes. It's the most interesting, varied um, career that I could have possibly hoped for. I um, I won't say I love every minute, but who in any job does love every single minute? It's certainly difficult. It's very tough. Um, but I find it uh, every day is different. Every day there's something new and exciting and challenging. And that really suits my personality. When you were at school, did you know what you wanted to do or be or did that? I know that happened later in life, but when you were, say, my age, did you know what you wanted for your career? Um, So I always thought that I wanted to be a journalist. um, And I think that that would have been a really interesting career. It might even have sort of ended up taking me in the same direction that that politics has. But uh, certainly that was my intention, really, pretty much all the way through my school career. Um, I know you went to East Sussex University. How important do you think it actually is to go to university? Oh, that's a very difficult question. So do I think it's important? Um, I don't think it's essential. And I think it's less important now than it has ever been. And I think there are all sorts of alternative uh, pathways into a number of different careers. For me, I found it a great deal of fun. Um, I really enjoyed my time at university and it was really interesting and it was an opportunity to escape from home and to meet lots of very different people. I know you have worked with with Theresa May and Boris Johnson, but do you think there are any differences between working um, with them because they're you working with a female kind of um, environment and then a male kind of environment? Uh, wow. So I I don't know that you necessarily can judge them uh, by gender. They're very different types of people. Yeah. Um, and 
Theresa was a very tough but fair boss. I think we would give her credit for being incredibly hardworking and um, determined about the agenda she wanted to get through. And I really enjoyed working for Theresa. I make no bones about that. Boris is a completely different um, character and far less driven by detail than Theresa is. Um, and but in many ways, a much. Um, oh, I find a difficult way to describe it, a much more lively, friendly, bubbly personality. So Boris has a lot of charm. Uh, there's no doubt about that, but I would say that his attention to detail is lacking, whereas Theresa's attention to detail is immense, um, but she's not necessarily kind of as, as bouncy and as like a Labrador as the current Prime Minister. Obviously, we have all been hit by COVID and shops are only just reopening, but how have you had to deal with the COVID-19 issues in Parliament? Gosh, it's been um, a real um, a real change in the way Parliament's worked. So we do uh, all of my select committee meetings are done by Zoom. And uh, that that makes it quite difficult because it was uh, the committee had only very recently been set up when the pandemic struck. So we haven't met in person very many times at all. And I think that's difficult to build relationships and to understand what makes people tick when you're only seeing them on a screen. Uh, we can participate in debates over Zoom. Um, but I think one of the biggest challenges is that it's encouraged more people to participate more. Now, on one level, that's a brilliant thing. And on another level, it means that kind of the debate in Parliament has not been as in depth. Instead of having kind of 20 yeah. speakers each speaking for 10, 15 minutes, you're having 100 speakers speaking for three minutes. Um, and that gives it a completely different tone. And I think it's made the scrutiny of government a lot harder. Um, but it's also meant that it's seen an increased workload outside of Parliament as my constituents have struggled to cope with the whole range of issues, whether it's about employment, uh, schools and education. And I get a lot of correspondence from uh, parents who are desperately worried about the time that their children have missed from school. Some who are concerned about the impact wearing masks during school days is now having on um, children. And I think they're right to be worried about that. I think the biggest concern uh, that they've expressed to me is how much of the social interaction children have missed out on. And it's not just a year of lost learning. And I know a lot of schools have been absolutely brilliant at keeping up with online learning. But it's those those interactions with your friends that I think have had such a profound impact on young people. Well, talking about the Select Committee, um, I know that you are chair of the Women and Equality Select Committee. Um, how do you raise awareness to young women and, and young girls of the committee? So we recently, and I think this is a really good example, um, did an inquiry into uh, the body image and the pressures that there are on. And it is all people, not just young people, um, to sort of conform to a stereotypical ideal of what um of what beauty is. And we did a survey, uh, an online survey, which was um, hugely well responded to. We had well over 2000 respondents, many of whom were young. Um, but it's about making sure that you're doing inquiries that are relevant to them, making sure that you will have uh, that the committee has a high enough profile in the media. So I spend a lot of my time um, talking to 
different magazines, newspapers, online publications um, that you wouldn't necessarily find many politicians talking to. So I've done a whole raft of interviews over the last couple of weeks with um, magazines and particularly magazines aimed at young people. Now, now, I can really get that most young people don't even pick up a magazine or newspaper and they get a lot of their information online. Um, and I think one of the areas in which we could improve is via um, social media and our Twitter feed, which is perhaps a little bit dull. And um, and I always get told this by uh, particularly young people is that I spend far too much time on Facebook and making sure that everything that I do is on Facebook. And they say, but Caroline, young people don't even look at Facebook and your Instagram is, to be quite frank, shocking. Um, I always tell people that my Instagram is about my dog and very little else. <laughs> Well, when we look at social media, which I know plays a huge part in everyone's lives, what advice would you give girls, say, my age about how to use it and not use it? And I'm going to sound like your mum now. So (laughs) firstly, don't believe everything that you see or read on social media. It's really important. Um, You need to be kind of quite critical and analytical about what you're seeing. And the pictures that you see in particular are um are that person's idealized image of that moment in time and you mustn't compare that to yourself because it's not real it'll have been edited and um and enhanced out of all recognition be careful who you're talking to on social media i think that is the most important thing um don't talk to strangers uh, um parents have been saying that to their children for uh, centuries now don't talk to strangers but the reality is that online it's a lot easier for people who have evil intent to get in touch with you um, and don't be afraid to block and mute uh, people who aren't kind to you on social media. Uh, and that's something that I've had to learn to live with, is you will be astonished at how rude people are to me on social media. And I always say the block and mute button are your best friends. Um, and, and it's really tough. And I know that, that a lot of bullying now happens uh, online as opposed to in person. And I think it's really tough for young people having to cope with that today whereas once upon a time if you had issues at school you know you could go home you could forget it it couldn't touch you there and now social media can touch you 24 hours a day uh, in the privacy of your own bedroom if you have your phone um then it's there and i think that's i think that's hideously challenging for young people today and much tougher than i ever had it when i was younger um have you ever had any mentors or have there been any politicians that you particularly admired So I was very lucky when I was first elected. uh, A lovely man, Sir George Young, was my next door neighbour. So he was the MP for uh, North West Hampshire and he was my mentor. Uh, He was very different to me, uh, but he was always very good at giving very wise, sage advice. And he's now when we got when I got elected in 2010, um, Sir George went from being uh, my mentor to being leader of the house. Was it leader of the house? I think it was leader of the house. Um, immediately. And so I lost him as a mentor when I was first in Parliament. And I think what would have been useful to me would have been to have somebody um, there in those first few weeks and months that could kind of metaphorically hold your hand through the whole process. It's a terrifying place. And um, I can remember being very arrogant and very new and an older male MP saying to me and a friend of mine, Oh, you know, you girls think that you know everything and you won't really understand how this place works until you've been here at least 18 months. And she and I walked off and going, stupid old man, what would he know? (laughs) And probably about three years after that, suddenly having this revelatory moment where I thought, you know what? He really did know what he was doing. (laughs) I 
didn't know what I was doing for years. Um, and so I think and we're much better now at providing mentors to new MPs and being much more um, having a full induction program and teaching them how the place works. But, um, you know, it's a bit like riding a bike. You can learn all about the theory and people can help you as much as they like. Fundamentally, it's having the confidence to go and pedal yourself that teaches you how to do it. Um, the world is changing so much and so quickly right now. What do you think work for women might look like in 10 years time? And do you think there might be more women in Parliament? Oh, gosh, I hope so. Um, yeah. So we're still at the point where there are 34 percent of all MPs are women. So a third. Uh, I'm a member of 50-50 Parliament. I think it needs to be a half. And I think it needs to positive action is required to encourage women to think about it as a career, encourage women to come forward, to stand for election. It's a tough process, really tough. Um, but I think it's, it matters hugely that we have um, a parliament that looks more like the country that it serves. And so that's about having more women, having more uh, MPs from black and Asian communities, having more disabled members of parliament, just having that broader range of experience and types of people. And I think one of my um, one of my finest moments ever, uh, something I'm really, really proud of, was that I was in Costa in Romsey and two girls walked up to me and said, is it true that you're RMP? And I sort of said, yeah. I said, and is it true that you're a cabinet minister? Because at the time I was serving in Theresa May's cabinet. And I, yeah, yeah, that's true. And they said, and is it true that you went to our school? And I said, well, that entirely depends on which school you go to, because in Romsey there are two secondary schools, and I went to one of them, obviously not the other. And so they said, oh, we go to Romsey School. And our headmaster always tells us that a cabinet minister went to our school. And I said, yeah, it's absolutely true. I did go to Romsey School, and uh, I am a cabinet minister. Um, and, you know, it's proof that anyone can do it. And these two girls looked at me and said, that's amazing, because we thought that you had to be a man and you had to have gone to Eton in order to be in government. And so I looked at them, I said, no, living proof, you don't have to be a man. You don't have to have gone to Eton. Anyone can do it. Uh, and let me tell you, if I can do it, then really anyone can do it. Uh, and then one of them looked at me and said, yeah, that's what our headmaster says. He says you weren't even the best girl in the year. And I went, yeah, all right, fine. I wasn't. Um, but, you know, it's true. And hard work can get you anywhere. You don't have to be the cleverest. You just have to work hard. I have really enjoyed chatting with you today, Caroline. Thank you so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will but will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their careers. Keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcast as I talk to many more brilliant women. Thank you to our sponsors, Haynes Watts and Levi Strauss, for their amazing support.